Hi, this is Bob Bostock, and welcome to Discover DEP, the official podcast of the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection. Each week, we talk with DEP experts about how we protect and preserve New Jersey's air, water, land, and natural and historic resources. So that you'll never miss one of our podcasts, please subscribe to Discover DEP on iTunes or Google Play. You can also follow DEP on the web at nj.gov DEP. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy our podcast. Hi, this is Bob Bostock, and welcome to another edition of Discover DEP. You can download Discover DEP and subscribe to future editions through iTunes and Google Play. Today we are joined by Drew Seitz, manager of the Immediate Concern Unit that is part of DEP's Site Remediation Program. Drew specializes in the remediation of Immediate Environmental Concern Cases, or IEC. An IEC condition occurs when a hazardous substance is released and contaminates drinking water supplies or indoor air. With recent concerns around the country regarding contaminated drinking water supplies, Drew and his team have an important job. He's here today to discuss what DEP does to help communities when their drinking water is contaminated. Of course, we should point out right from the start that New Jersey's drinking water is regularly tested and our public water systems are clean and up to standard. In fact, last year in 2016, less than 1% of our public water systems incurred maximum contaminant levels or national exceedances. But when anomalies do happen, our team here at DEP, headed by Drew, is ready to respond to make sure that people have safe drinking water again. Drew, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Drew, what classifies a case as an immediate environmental concern? For an immediate environmental concern, or an IEC, that happens when there is a discharge of a, a man-made hazardous substance. And what happens is it either gets into soil or it gets into the groundwater, and it can migrate. For groundwater cases, the problem is is really when that groundwater hits a drinking water well. And the most common type of drinking water well that we have in the state is a homeowner potable well. And if that contamination hits the well and the levels exceed a health-based standard, that's what we would consider to be an IEC. That's the most common type of IEC that we see. The other type of IEC is for a large production well that would service like hundreds of homes. We also see contamination in those. Uh, it's not very often, but that would also be an IEC. The second kind of category of IEC that we deal with involves indoor air, and it's when the same chemicals can get into your indoor air above a healthy standard. That's an IEC. The way that that happens is, again, there's been a spill. Contamination migrates in the groundwater, but it's very volatile. So it kind of acts like radon, if you're familiar with that. And the vapors come up through the soil and can build up underneath the basement of a home. If there's cracks in the slab, those vapors can work their way through, and they could result in high levels that need to be remediated. That's really the second kind of IEC that we deal with. But for this talk today, I really want to focus on potable wells. So if we become aware, and we always do become aware when there's a hazardous discharge of some item into the environment, does your team get involved right away in trying to determine whether that discharge might have entered the ground in the groundwater, and, and do you then kind of move out from there to, to check things out? Or are there other ways that these things come to your attention? There's a couple of common ways that we find IECs. One of the common ways, you know, somebody's got a home on a well, they decide they just you know, want to make sure they're drinking safe water. 
they analyze it themselves. Another way is the Private Well Testing Act. And that was created in 2009. And what it says is before you sell your home, you need to sample the well and provide that information to the new homeowner. So there's a lot of homes that get sampled. So there's a lot of data generated. Through that program, we find out that there's wells contaminated. The third way is really from an area where we know there's discharge. The classic one would be the gas station on the corner, their tanks leaked, and the plume went into a neighborhood. Now, the gas station owner is responsible for sampling the wells in there to make sure they're, they're protected. Those are the common ways that we see the IECs come in into my program. So when somebody gets test results that show some contamination, it must create a lot of anxiety for the homeowner. Uh, it definitely does. I mean, if you put yourself into the situation that you know your well was sampled and you open up that letter and it's going to tell you that you exceed a safe drinking water level for a hazardous contaminant. A lot of times they're talking about industrial solvents. That's that's really pretty scary when you think about it. And most people that I talk to, and I've dealt with a lot of people over the last 30 years, they're concerned about their family's health. I mean, they've been in that house for a long time. Their kids have been drinking the water for years. They're like, what's going to happen? And then how do we fix this problem? They don't even know where to start. And then another concern, our homes for most of us are our biggest investment. And they feel that because the wells contaminated, no one would put them by their home. So these are all the concerns that people have. And that's why 30 years ago, my program was created here at DEP, specifically to help out people in the situation. So when you open up that letter and you do find that contaminated well, it is a very stress, stressful situation for people. So if somebody does get a letter like that and it does show that there's contamination, what should they do first? Number one, they should call their health officer, report that. Number two, call the hotline, DEP's hotline, which is 1-877-WARN-DEP. And that hotline number is available on the description of the podcast. Okay. And you can also find it on DEP's website right on the first page. So when you call that number and you're going to report that I have a contaminated well, that's going to be reported to my group. And we fast track these cases. It's actually the only kind of case that we work on IECs. And we want to quickly react to it. And we do a couple different things. Yeah, walk us through the steps that happen once you get that call. So we get that call, and there's there's things that we want to do in the short term. One, we're going to recommend that immediately start drinking bottled water. That's an easy fix, but it's not terribly convenient to have a bottle of water next to every sink. But it'll get you through the real short term. What we really want to do is we want to put a water treatment system in your home. And we work with the homeowner and the spill fund here at DEP. The spill fund, I like to think of it as like a public insurance company for environmental damages. And this group can pay for these treatment systems. So we work with the homeowner and get these treatment systems put in their homes. The great part about a point of entry treatment system, or we call them POETS, is that it treats all the water coming into your house. Now you may see on TV or even on the hardware store, there's little filters that you can put on the end of your faucet. That's not what we're talking about. This system goes in your house, usually right where the water enters the house from the well. It treats all the water in your house, every faucet, the showers. So the recommendation when you open up your letter is not to, to drink the water, cook with it, and maybe sometimes not even shower. The system in there, your life is back to normal. You can use all the water in your home. And this makes all the difference in the world to people that it gets their lives back to normal. So how big is the poet system that is installed in someone's house on average that the, are they all the same size or are there all, different all, ones for different... They're pretty uh, much the same size, yeah. They're, mm -hmm. they're good size. They're about four feet high, about 10 inches in diameter, and there's two tanks. And they're fairly big compared to what you see on the hardware mm -hmm. store because you treat all the water coming into your home. 
and they're extremely effective. We put in thousands of these systems into homes. And the media that's inside is called granular activated carbon. It's a very proven technology. As a matter of fact, if you drink soda, bottled water, all of that water that goes into those products has been filtered through this granular activated carbon. So it's extremely reliable, and we've been using it for about the last 25 years here at DEP. And the system is installed, the POET is installed at no cost to the homeowner. It's paid for through the spill fund. Yes, it is. I mean, the, the homeowner can actually get their own vendor to install it. And then the bill, instead of going to the homeowner to pay and then try to get reimbursed, that bill goes straight to the spill fund and the spill fund pays it. How much does the average POET system cost? They're about twelve to $1,500. But really, the, more, the bigger thing is that spill fund will pay for the monitoring and maintenance. Now, with these types of treatment systems, you need to sample them periodically to make sure that they're still working and they're protective. The carbon inside of them does need to be changed maybe every year, every couple of years. All those costs, the sampling, the change-outs, that is also paid by the spill fund. That's a great uh, benefit to have, and, and what a relief for homeowners. And, you know, I think we are the only state in the country that, that offers this to our residents. That shows, I think, the level of uh, commitment this state has had to ensuring that people have clean drinking water. I would definitely agree. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things that uh, you certainly want to make sure everybody has. And that sort of program is really, as you said, unique in the country. And what a comfort it must be to homeowners. And I assume that if somebody does go to sell their house, the fact that a poet is installed in their home helps preserve the value of their property. That is one of the big concerns that people feel they won't be able to sell their homes. I've been doing this work for 30 years. I've dealt with thousands of homeowners. And even if they have a treatment system in the home, these homes sell on a regular basis. I knew a woman for 20 years. We were working with her because she had a long-term treatment system. She put her house up for sale. I was working with her real estate agent explaining what the treatment system was. And, you know, she was concerned, what's this going to do to my property value? I know for a fact because she told me she sold it at asking price. Wow, that's great. The person buying it was like, was perfectly fine with the treatment system. They felt that it was protective. They bought the house at asking price. So in some ways, it's like having your own water treatment system right in your home, just as people who are on public water or who get their water from a municipal or a a water purveyor, they have their treatment systems in one place and they treat millions of gallons every day and it goes out to all of their customers. It's it's like having uh, one of those systems right in your home. That's that's exactly what it is. It's just a small scale system, Um, but it works the same as the large systems that are at a, a large municipal plant. So how can people be protective and proactive in ensuring that the, particularly people who have private wells, in ensuring that the water that is coming from their wells is uh, safe to drink? My recommendation to everybody is that you should sample your well once a year. Things do change. You know, some people say, well, I sampled and I bought the house, you know, eight, 10 years ago. Somebody, if there was a spill, it could be even something like maybe your neighbor had five gallons of old boat gas and they dumped it in the backyard. That may show up in your well. Unless you sample periodically, you're not going to know. It's not that terribly expensive, but for peace of mind, I recommend that you would sample your well. You can also talk to your local health department for recommendations on what you should sample for. Everybody in the state, in my opinion, should sample for volatile organics. If you're in South Jersey, we do see mercury, so I would recommend that. Up north, there's area where there's naturally occurring arsenic. That would be good to sample for in those areas. So working with your local health department, they could give you some guidance on, you know, particular things that you may want to sample for. So would you suggest annual sampling or more than that or less often? I think, I think annual. If you're doing it annually, I think that, that would be pretty good. 
And if you're going to sample, do you have to have somebody come in to do it, or can you take the sample yourself and send it off to the lab, or how does that work? Really, for volatile organics, you really want to have the, the laboratory come out and take the sample. It's a little bit complicated uh, for a homeowner to take the sample, so it's, it's best to have the lab come out, in my opinion. And are labs certified to do this sort of work? Do we have a list, for instance, of certified labs to do the sampling? or is it- Yes, yes, we do. They're state-certified labs for the different analysis, and you do want to use the state-certified labs. If there is a problem in the future, we look to see if it's a state-certified lab that did the analysis so we can use that data. And how do people find out what the state-certified labs are in their area? Again, if you were to go to your, your local health officer, they may have a list of labs that are in the area. I believe you can check with the Safe Drinking Water Program here at DEP. They have the whole list of the certified labs. A lot of times, the labs themselves will advertise that they're state certified. Well, that's great. I can imagine it is important to use that state certified lab to make sure that the results you're getting are correct. I know a couple of weeks ago, we had left in our door by some company that said they will check our water for free. And they left us a little vial that was about the width of a pencil and the length maybe an inch and a half long. And they said, oh, send this in and we'll tell you whether you need water treatment. And having been around here for a little while and learning how testing water goes, I thought, well, this probably isn't real. This is probably trying to somebody sell something to put under my sink. And I, I've had that happen when I've walked into the big box hardware stores like we can test your water and i'm like and i know exactly what you're doing in the business <laughs> i'll need some kind of a treatment system yeah who else is involved in looking after particularly these iecs does the federal government get involved do our local and county governments get involved or is this something that dep pretty much handles exclusively dep pretty much handles exclusively however when we have these larger scale contamination areas like where there's a neighborhood where we have any number of homes what we really want to do is we want to work with the homeowners, the health department, and their local municipality because we want to put these treatment systems in right away. But if they're in an area where they may be close to water lines, they're not in the neighborhood, but they're close, our long-term solution may be to bring in water lines to help these people up so they don't need the treatment systems. So we really need to coordinate with the local officials and the homeowners to come up with a solution. So that's for the publicly funded cases. Now, there's also IECs that are a responsibility of a responsible party. If we go back to the idea, you know, a gas station that had a leak and contaminated some wells, that gas station owner is responsible to address those contaminated homes. So my group also oversees the work of a responsible party through the LSRP program to make sure they're responsive to providing treatment for the homeowners and to do any additional sampling to see if there's additional homes that are contaminated. So we do publicly funded work where we do everything in-house, but we also oversee responsible parties to make sure they do similar work. It's good to know that if a responsible party can be identified, that they're also going to be responsible for addressing the problems that they solved through their discharge. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, that's great. Certainly clean drinking water is is one of the things that uh, we all tend to take for granted, uh, particularly in New Jersey, because we have such a good record, uh, both both the water companies and and the wells that get tested. We have such a good record of uh, being able to provide clean drinking water to our residents. It's actually quite an accomplishment when you consider the industrial history of our state. New Jersey was the birthplace of the Industrial Revolution. And for well over a century, probably a century and a half, some might even say two, uh, we weren't as uh, vigorous in making sure that we didn't put stuff into the ground that would hurt our drinking water. So having a program like this 
I think gives people a peace of mind. And it also makes sure that if somebody's drinking water, particularly in a well, is uh, somehow contaminated, that we're going to be able to fix that and make sure that the water that they and the members of their family use is safe to drink and isn't going to cause a health problem. 30 years this program's been going on. Yes. And you've been part of it for? About 30 years. 30 years. <laughs> so one of the founding members. Yep. One of the founding members of the Immediate Concern Unit here at DEP. Well, Drew, I thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day. I know you've got a lot on your plate to come tell us a little bit about the work that the Immediate Concern Unit does. I can't help but notice the acronym for that is the ICU. Yes. <laughs> uh, which is always uh, a place where any time you're going to an ICU, you know you're going to get top-notch care. So, uh, And that's true here with our immediate concern unit at DEP. So thanks so much for joining us. Very interesting conversation, and I'm sure people, particularly uh, owners of private wells, take Drew's advice, get your water tested once a year, and if you do find you have a problem, dial up our hotline number, 877-WARN-DEP, and uh, we'll be able to respond very quickly and get you the assistance you need to make sure that uh, the water you're using in your home is safe and healthy for yourselves and your families. Thank Thank you, you. sir. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Discover DEP. If you have comments on the podcast or ideas for future podcast topics, please email us at podcast at dep.nj.gov. Enjoy the rest of your day.